Hey kids, it's your old pal Gorag the Slayer, coming at you pre-recorded live from Atomic Age Studio in beautiful Pasadena, Texas. <sighs> Smells like success. The boys asked me to tell you that if you would like to take part in the show, that being sending in questions or news items to cover, and we will give you full credit. All you gotta do is email us at rotwpodcast at gmail.com. It's easy. Uh, <laughs> As usual, the show is brought to you by LoneStarButtons.com. Lone Star Buttons is a small, custom button company owned by Adam Stimpy Jones. All of Adam's products are made in the USA at a reasonable cost in multiple sizes and shapes. All you have to do is design a button and that guy will make it a reality. To get in contact with Adam, all you have to do is email him at info at LoneStarButtons.com or you can call him at 281-798-1996. Tell him Gorag sent you and you want to suck on his hairy tits. I just did, and man was it glorious. And don't forget, Adam's tits feature the Gorag seal of approval. That's it for my jibber-jabbing. Please enjoy the show. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to episode 64 of the Revenge of the World podcast. that make you happy, bitchin' Brennan Burke? <laughs> Did that make me happy? Yeah, uh, that, that made me Also, happy. my name is Gabriel Dieter, <laughs> the guy at the front of the show, I guess. The uh, masthead. The masthead. Um, that that studio- should be your nickname. Gabriel the masthead Dieter. <laughs> we got it! We finally nailed the nickname. Alright, <laughs> back masthead. off the mic slightly. <laughs> if you're gonna yell. I'm excited, I'm excited. You're clipping, you're clipping, bro. Uh... <laughs> Today's guest, <laughs> uh, we've got Crystal. Your last name is a mystery. It is a mystery. Crystal, keep the, it that way. The mystery. That's, that's your nickname. Okay. I love it. What is your last name? <laughs> it's Matuskevich. 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 That is. It's, uh, it's Matuskevich, but is Texas. That, uh, what is that? Where's Polish. that from? Polish. Polish. Okay. Yeah. Married into that name, by yeah, the way. Yeah. It's not my real Brennan, one. Uh, married into filthy Polacks. <laughs> <laughs> there he went. He couldn't hold that. <laughs> couldn't do it. I'll take it. Okay, man. This is really kind of surreal, actually, because you and I have not seen each other. It's been Probably. over a decade. Mm, I'd say more like eight years. But. Eight years? Yeah. Um, we met up in Dayton one time and did dinner like... Um, <sighs> CJ, Laura. Yeah, that was that was when CJ went to the Air Force. And May. so that's been over a decade. Oh, wow. Guaranteed, because he was in for 10 years. I thought I had a kid then, but maybe not. No, not yet. It's been hmm. a wonderful decade for Crystal. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been a very, it's very, yeah, it's been a heavy decade. I mean, you've, you've what, you've, you've had a kid. Yes, I've had two of them. Been married. Yes, and divorced. Um, married and, and divorced. Married, yeah, divorced. Um, um, come back from Yeah, you come the back from the dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, did. I did come back from the dead. That's that, that's a pretty, mm, pretty insane story. Yeah. Uh, so uh, do, do, are we gonna go straight into that or no? No, <laughs> we weren't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We just kind of Brennan. Go. God damn it, Brennan. <laughs> uh, so 
I'm excited. Okay? I know you are. And I know you've been working for the last 12 hours. Yeah. Uh, I got called out to work at midnight last night. I'm not going to go into the whole details because I'm not 100% sure as to whether or not my coworkers know that I have a podcast or not. You're not 100% sure this is real right now. Yeah, this is all a hallucination. Uh, it could be. I mean, it is. Oh, well, well, that would explain yeah, why you're yeah. here in the first place. Right. Exactly. But yeah, it's it's just I'm a recluse. I don't leave my house. Yeah, that's true. Is that yeah, true? Yeah. That is very true. Yeah, she's she's incredibly antisocial. Hence the only Instagram <laughs> social media presence. Gotcha. Yeah, she's yeah. she's flying under the radar as much as little as possible. Yeah. But she wants to provide proof to her family that children exist. Right. Do you have a hobby? <laughs> um I have three kids. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, um my husband now, um, he has he had full custody of his son when I met him. So we have Colin, who's our oldest, and then I had Ivy from a previous marriage, and then together we've had Leo. And so yeah, they, they keep me pretty busy. Um I paint a little bit here yeah. and there, but you know, nothing nothing to uh, write home about. So kids, those are my hobbies. You Watch the live Sesame Street. If you're already there. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> How uh were you were you painting before you had kids? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's about it. I was a hairstylist too for yeah. for okay. like. So you hate people. Yes. <laughs> Hence, this is a, probably why you, you went le- inside, right? Legitimate reason mm-hmm. to hate people. Now. I really, really do. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. So I've I stopped doing hair and I became a recluse. So before I met Jess, I I had the uh, my my vision of my own future was to live on the beach out of a cave. <laughs> And just wear nothing but like a gray robe. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and just paint all you know until I died. Man, uh, why didn't you go with that? I don't know. That, yeah, that was a real yeah. missed opportunity. Uh, luckily, just stepped in and saved me from that. I, I, I love the idea of existence. Gabe as a bathrobed cave painter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's oh, that's uh, that was my dream of being a recluse. Yeah, I go back and forth between. Um, like wanting to like do like into the wild shit. Yeah. But I really like to do my hair and there's no electricity for flat irons and curling irons and stuff. So I kind of stay in the burbs instead. I have like, my whole thing is Montana. That, that, oh, that's so that's because like you know I, I went there like one time but all i know is, ba- is brokeback mountain was filmed there yeah. and that movie is beautiful well that's why yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you want to go there no just, uh but uh <laughs> yeah like it's just like it's just mountains and there's maybe like a couple million people in the entire state you know and what was that cold mountain is the movie i'm thinking of yeah, have you totally seen that totally different than brokeback totally mountain. Different. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody spits on it first in Cold Mountain. Oh, but, uh, man. Yikes. Uh, have you seen Cold Mountain? I, I don't think have I have. Have you seen uh, it? Yes, it was pretty boring. Well, I think just the solitude that's portrayed in that movie yeah. just makes you feel for the characters of yeah. being lonely. You it's know? been a long time since I've seen the movie. But see, that's that's kind of like the whole other side of the you know abandoning civilization thing. Is like You're just the only one out there. It's just you and your thoughts. And I don't know that I could handle that. That's I don't a scary think thing. I could. Especially unmedicated. Cause, oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> for real. You can grow your own mushrooms in that climate. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> So thoughts. speaking of movies, I've got some movie shit okay. in my notes. Have you guys ever seen the Outsiders TV show? No. It's fucking awful. I think <laughs> I think it's the worst show ever created. Like, uh what's the premise of this? Like I've never even heard of it really. Hillbilly Vikings. Oh wow. That sounds awesome. No, it's not. <laughs> that sounds like kind of like my dream life in Montana, really. Hillbilly, <laughs> Hillbilly Vikings with uh uh 
like soap opera style acting. Yeah. Like it's beyond bad. Mm. Uh, my granddad pretty much just sits at home and watches TV. He's not, he turned 91 yesterday. Yeah. Oh, wow. As well he and, should. Uh, happy, happy, happy birthday, happy birthday Papa. Uh, and he fell asleep with out, the outsiders on. Uh-huh. And I got to witness. I just wanted to cry. <laughs> like TV <laughs> network television has gotten this bad to where this uh, this actress runs like ten feet, and then for the whole conversation, the rest of the conversation, she's out of breath, like forced out of breath. Huh. Like she, yeah. he killed her. You know, like it was ridiculous. <laughs> she's panning for like ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, they came back from commercial and she's still panting. Wow. That, uh, that would be me if I had to run <laughs> 10 feet. She, she must have been like the most severe asthmatic hillbilly Viking <laughs> of the show. Asthmatic hillbilly Vikings. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the acting was subpar to say the um, least. And I will never, ever take anybody into consideration that likes that show. You know what the worst show is, though? I, I don't know that? if it's a thing that anybody even watches. But uh, I was briefly dating this girl about a year ago, and she turned me on to this show on Netflix called Salem. Mm-hmm. It's oh, wow. it, I guess it comes on the WGN network. Like it's, yeah. it's made by them, and it's about you know the Salem witch trials. But it's produced in a way where it seems like kind of like a CW teen drama. <laughs> About witchcraft in the 1600s, and it's like literally one of the worst things I've ever seen, and I have seen every single episode. <laughs> Whoa, I, man! I got two episodes into that show, and it was just way too bizarre a world for me. Yeah, it's 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 total crap. But I just locked in with it for some reason. Uh, it, we had just gotten back from Salem, yeah. when that when oh, that so show came out. Okay. So, and I fell in love with that city. It was just the most amazing place I've ever been. Love it. Wow. And uh, so I was like, oh, a show about Salem. Awesome. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. Not at all. Well, I mean, I, I'm like really into like that kind of witchcraft type stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, I just like I like that whole like imagery. I just really yeah. it just does something for me. So, I mean, I guess maybe just I might just really enjoy the color palette of that show. I think that's why I watch it. I just like the colors. <laughs> I'm that dumb. I'll admit it. <laughs> uh, OK, I think your lack of sleep is uh, letting things out that you don't want oh. in public. <laughs> No, let's record it. I'm I'm done. I'm good. Where we've been recording. Do we? You know how many times we've talked about like my intense diarrhea on this show? It doesn't matter. I was oh, going to say. True. I was going to talk to you about this. You need to see a doctor. Yeah, that's not normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well the thing is, just like, casually. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I agree. It's it's purely my diet. I just eat crap. That's that's why. That's why I'm gaining all this weight. And it's uh, just, anxiety may anxiety can cause issues yeah. like that too. So yeah. Well, actually, my my anxiety has been less of an issue, like in the last maybe six months or so. That's great. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know, but yeah. I I think it's just that I've just been eating so badly. Like that's really the thing that we're talking about my bowels. We were talking. God, I was concerned for you. Like I think we just need to like get rid of tinfoil tirade and have like Brennan's poop talk. No, well we can add a segment, but we're not taking I'll call anything. In. How's your diarrhea? <laughs> Uh, have you seen the the trailer for uh, Sadako versus Kaya- Kayako? Yeah, it's it's like the the monster from the ring versus uh-huh. was the kid from Juon or whatever. Uh, or? The Grudge. The Grudge. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen the trailer for it, but I'm familiar vaguely with it. Okay, it looks like a scene of The Outsiders. <laughs> oh, really? A ghost movie. <laughs> well, there there is like so much terrible, like so many terrible bad movies that get made in Japan. Yeah. Like and. People over here kind of fetishize it, you know, but it's, if you really like watch it objectively, man, there's a lot of stuff that's just like straight to video garbage horror. Like even like stuff that people like, like that Tokyo Gore Police and all that stuff. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Okay. It's like not even kind of good. Yeah. I don't know. I've seen a lot of good, bad stuff come yeah. out of Japan though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big Man Japan. Wild Zero. 
Yeah, Vault Zero. Okay, we're being boring and weird. Sorry. <laughs> I have Crystal. nothing to say about any of that. Um, okay. Other than that, I mean, I'm really psyched about Civil War and X-Men coming out. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the trailers to that? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I'll see, I'll see Civil War. I don't get to watch much TV. It's Sesame Street, yeah. mainly for me. So I... On HBO? Well, No. I just I just don't get to watch much TV. Period. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I I make time I make time for uh, Game of Thrones now and yeah. Walking Dead. That's about it. That's cool. Like I, I never I just don't have the time. I never locked into Game of Thrones. What? I am super locked into like, Game I'm, of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm like I'm questioning like how I could even be your friend right now. <laughs> I I don't know. Like I've never had. Oh, I never really had like HBO for long enough to like sit down and do it. And then like. I, whenever somebody gave me the DVDs, I watched like four episodes of it, like the first season, and I was just like, eh. "You can't just what? watch four episodes." Well, you know what? I don't have crazy? like I don't have like you know six months of time to invest in something that like might may or may not be good. You know? No, it is good. There's no question <laughs> whether good. or not it's good. It it is good. Well, yeah. Well, my husband and I are actually we started from season one. He's been off this weekend, which never happens. Yeah. But he's been off this weekend, so we've been just binging from season one. We've gotten like halfway through season two i think but yep. dude how could you not watch game of thrones just don't it's an amazing story <laughs> I, I i never watched like breaking bad until i never watched it either i watched like maybe part of the first season like a couple months ago i've seen like two episodes and that's never been my thing like i i've just i've never been really like a serious tv person i watched walking dead at first i watched the walking dead until i was just tired of rick being a pussy yeah and then and then, like, my husband kept watching it, and he's like, okay, watch it. Rick's not a pussy anymore. <laughs> and so I've kind of gotten back into it a little bit, but yeah. Rick's still kind of a pussy. Yeah. Well, I, I, I got bummed out whenever Shane died. Like, like after that. Because, I mean, like, you know, I, I read the comics first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Shane dies pretty quick in the comics. Right. He doesn't last as long as he does in the TV show. And, like, he was, like, the best thing about the show to me. Yeah. Like, that, that was that whole, like, dynamic of, like, him just going crazy and, like, you know, them kind of secretly wanting to kill each other or whatever was, like, what I liked about it. <clears throat> and then once he died, it was just kind of like, well, you know, they're just going to keep going to a place and holding up for a while. And Did he go crazy or was he just evolving with the time? That's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think he was he was just, becoming the Punisher that everyone needed. Yeah, that, that's true. I yeah. mean, he was a cop. Yeah. There's a certain level of, like, just craziness that has to come with being a cop, period. Yeah. And but like, I think maybe especially being a person that desires order like yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and to completely lose all that, yeah, that's just trying to get the job done, right? Um, let's see, yeah, I guess. Well, I've pretty much covered everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess like since we're on the topic of The Walking Dead, technically, Crystal, you are amongst <laughs> The Walking Dead. So, I mean. <laughs> You've had basically one of the most insane medical scares that I've heard of anyone that I know having. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, uh, it was, like, you want to go into that? Yeah, or? totally. Okay. Um, yeah, what it if was, she said no? That no. would be, that would be awesome. <laughs> I drove all the way over here <laughs> to, to not <laughs> tell you. That would about be the best. Happened. That would be like the funniest thing you I could refuse. possibly do. Nah, let's talk about X Men more <laughs> yeah. or your poops. Yeah, let's <laughs> talk about um, medical scares. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, I had a really um, a really bad man- medical scare um, back in September, and it could have totally been preventable, which is you know the craziest part. But yeah. um, when I turned thirty, and start at the beginning. When I turned thirty, I don't know. I just felt like it was a good age to uh, go to the doctor and have some blood work done. Yeah. And am I talking into the mic enough? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, um, so I went to my family practitioner, whatever, and I had some blood work drawn up and she calls me back and she's like, you're diabetic. 
and it was this was on my 30th birthday by the way oh wow. so yeah happy fucking birthday <laughs> um and so you know she told me that i was diabetic i was com- really really overweight at the time and um you know i just bought it okay you know i've eaten like shit i've drank a lot i you know i just wasn't taking care of myself so i totally bought it okay i have diabetes she was like if you exercise lose weight and eat right you know this could go away right so i'm like cool i'm down so i busted ass and i lost 100 pounds and um my diabetes only seemed to get more aggressive really and uh, so nobody could sort of you know explain it i was going to you know to doctor to doctor to doctor and they were prescribing me um basically drugs that boost your insulin production mm-hmm. and um for those of you who don't know um your pancreas secretes um insulin which your body then uses to break down sugar for energy. Right. And you, insulin is crucial to your body. Right. You have to have it to live. And so, um, so, you know, this kind of goes on. I lose the weight. It only gets more aggressive. The doctors are trying, you know, different kinds of drugs, blah, blah, blah. I get pregnant with Leo. Yeah. And so I had to go on insulin um, because it's the safest right. for pregnancy. And so that was the only time in my life that my blood sugars, um, were normal was when I was pregnant and on insulin. So, okay. So I have Leo, they take me back off of insulin, put me back on like insulin boosters and it's just not going well. Um, I made an appointment with one endocrinologist that was referred to me. And basically he was like, "Mm, take this shit and come back and see me in six months. Yeah. And I was like, "Eh, I feel like this should be a little bit more aggressive than like, see in six months. So I was like, fuck that dude made another doctor's appointment with another endocrinologist. Well, Meanwhile, I'm like two weeks out from my appointment from my from the second endocrinologist, and I start getting um, just like winded, like you know, you yeah. do strenuous things or whatever, and you're just winded, and you're you know your chest yeah. is heavy and whatever. And um, I was noticing that like just walking from room to room, I was like you know gasping wow. for for breath, and I'm like this isn't normal. And so I'm WebMDing. Oh and, gosh, yeah. that's the worst thing you could possibly do in this situation. Right, right. But <laughs> these doctors are killing me. I, I think I be- have anxiety. <laughs> yeah. So I WebMD it, and I'm like, I just happened, you know, to Google diabetes and shortness of breath, and so all of this stuff came up about diabetic ketoacidosis, and so you know, I'm kind of leaning towards that's probably what's going on. Yeah. And so let me let me say this first. I hate doctors. I hate going. I think like the majority of shit is just scams and blah, 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 blah. And I always have, I've always had this fear of like telling doctors every single thing that's wrong with me. Right. Because I'm scared to sound like a hypochondriac. Yeah. So um, I tend to only tell half the story when I go to the doctor. So that's, you shouldn't do that, guys. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> so um, this just progresses and it gets really, really bad by Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband comes home from work and he's, I'm like, you've, you've got to take me somewhere. I can't, I can't breathe. Um, something yeah. is going on, but I knew it wasn't like a cold or something. Cause there was no coughing. There was no congestion. There was nothing like that. And so, um, my husband comes home and we decide to go to an urgent care that is around the corner from my house. And, um, so we go there and, you know, the doctor comes in, he's asking my, my, me my history, and I do have a history of um, mental illness and, and anxiety and depression and things like that. And so he comes in, and I'm extremely upfront. I'm like, because this is a terrible feeling right. that I'm feeling. Whatever it is, I want it to go away and be fixed. And so I'm telling him everything. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, here's what's going on. I'm on this medication, you know, for anxiety, and I'm on this medication for depression. Mm-hmm. And, like, the nurses, like, 
literally like roll their eyes. Wow. Yeah. And I'm I'm almost to the state of hyperventilating at this point. Yeah. And the lady like walks out of the room. She's like, stop breathing like that. Like it's annoying what? her. <laughs> yeah. That it's annoying her that I'm like breathing heavy. Wow. So I'm I'm just I was over it at this point. Yeah. They pull my husband aside. And they try to convince him outside of the room that I'm having a panic attack. Yeah. Well, I've had 50,000 panic attacks in my life. I, yeah. I knew this wasn't a panic attack. And so um, they try to pull my husband aside and convince him that I'm having a panic attack. And so he buys into it. He's like, you know, these are medical professionals. They right. know what they're doing. You know, obviously she's having a panic attack and she just has it in her head that that's not what it is. Right. So whatever, whatever. We they convince me oh it's just it's anxiety blah 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 blah, and i'm like i know it's not anxiety yeah. da, 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 da. clearly medicated you've been right to treatment for that right yeah and i know exactly what a panic attack feels right. like and it, this just wasn't it and so i even asked the doctor i said do you think that this could be diabetic ketoacidosis which is dka for short yeah and he said oh he scoffed Oh no, definitely, absolutely not. That can't be it. Okay, so I was I was in there for maybe thirty minutes, wow. and then they sent me home, and they're like, oh, "You're having an anxiety attack. See your doctor tomorrow." And so I went home, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna call my doctor first thing in the morning and go in there. I'm just I'm done dealing with it. I didn't want to go to an ER and sit for ten hours and right. wait, and you know. So anyway, so I go home. About four hours later, I go to sleep and my husband is watching me because my breath, my breathing is so labored. Mm -hmm. And so he's watching me and it kind of dawns on him at this point, if this was an anxiety attack, because I was asleep. Yeah, you wouldn't be experiencing that. Right. And so it dawns on him, okay, this can't be anxiety because she's still breathing like this, even though she's asleep. Right. And so it it becomes really blurry at this point. Um, I remember getting up to use the restroom um, I fell into like our sink vanity sort of thing. And um, I just remember like being, it felt like the drunkest like I've ever been Yeah. times 20. Wow. Like I just couldn't form words. I couldn't get my balance together. I just couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Yeah. And so, um, so anyway, I go back to bed. My husband grabs me, puts me back to bed. And luckily he didn't go to sleep. He was, you know, he was worried. And so he's watching, you know, watching the way that I'm breathing and he's noticing I'm breathing just less and less and less and less until he decides to call 911 because I'm just, I'm barely breathing at this point. So calls 911. He's having to do CPR on me because I've stopped breathing. Wow um ems gets there they bag me and they're breathing for me and you know they're like you know my husband is a beast uh he's like six six like 350 pounds he's just this huge guy yeah and so they're looking at him like did you do something to her like then they see like my pill bottles uh you know on the table and they're like well you know did she overdose what's going on nobody knows what's going on so they put me in an ambulance. My husband follows and still thinking, okay, she's just having some kind of like an infection, a lung infection, you know, right. something like that's going on. And he's, you know, just thinking we're going to get there. They're going to give her a breathing treatment or whatever. And she's going to be fine. Yeah. So the rest of the story has been told to me because I was unconscious. Um, so we get to the emergency room. Um, they immediately intubate me because I cannot breathe on my own. Um, they um my husband said it was just a team of like 10 people that just kind of attacked my body and just were just all these people were just doing different things and um so come to find out um i was in dka Mm. and um 
the doctor had the paperwork. They did blood work while I was at the urgent care. Yeah. And um, there's a test for uh, blood acidity. And the test didn't register on the paperwork. Um, I feel like I've gotten totally lost. I'm backtracking. Anyway, while I was at the urgent care, they did blood work. Right. They uh, they gave me the blood work when I left. And luckily, like, my husband was quick thinking. He grabbed that paperwork, took it to the emergency room. Come to find out, like, my blood acidity level was so far off the charts that it didn't even register at the urgent care. Oh, my God. It was just blank because it was just so off the charts. Yeah. And so, um, you know, my husband's still thinking, like, this really isn't that big of a deal. And they kind of sit him into the second room. Everybody attacks, and they intubate me and everything else. And the doctor comes in, and they're like, um, you know, your wife's really, really sick. Um, we kind of don't expect her to make it through the night. Um, you need to call in, like, her family and closest friends and whatever to come say goodbye because she's not, she's not going to make it through the night. Oh, my God. And so he's just, like, completely devastated because he's just thinking, like, I have, like, pleurisy or right. pneumonia or something, you know, like that. And, and then they come and they're like, oh, your wife's going to die. Yeah. And so, and, you know, we have a 10-month-old baby at home. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so that was just crazy for him. Um, anyway, long story short, I, I was in a coma for three days and uh, I woke up and kind of felt better. I mean, it was it was crazy. Um, they yeah, I was, you know, I was in a coma for three days. They didn't expect any of that. When I got to the emergency room, their first assessment, I was in heart failure respiratory failure and kidney failure when i got to the emergency room oh my god and just four hours before that i'd been in an urgent care where they were like you're fine it's you're having that, a panic attack. you're having a panic attack so wow yeah so um i was extremely misdiagnosed yeah and um so yeah so i spent okay. eight days eight days in the hospital like five days in icu three days in a coma um and I called it. Like, I even called it. I was like, do you think it's DKA? Oh, no, it's definitely not DKA. Yeah. And it was DKA. God. And I totally, um, I totally feel like they heard um, my diagnosis. Yeah. They heard um, the mental the mental illness diagnosis that I gave them. They heard the medications that I, were on, that I was on. Um, whether it was that, whether it was my physical appearance, whether it was whatever. Yeah. For some reason, they decided to completely dismiss the science that was in front of them. Right. And sent me on my way to die yeah. at home. You know, if, if I mean, thank thank God my my husband didn't fall asleep because right. he would have woke up to me dead next to him. Exactly. So yeah, it was just it was a crazy long fucked up story, and it was it all could have been prevented. It all could yeah. have been prevented if there wasn't you know a pre. That is insane. Yeah. <laughs> what what caused it? Um, not not having insulin. Um. They, the doctors were giving me medications to boost insulin production because a type two diabetic, they had diagnosed me a type two diabetic originally, a type two diabetic produces insulin, but your body doesn't know how to use it properly. And so, um, you kind of need these medications to like open up, um, you know, so the insulin can get into your blood cells or whatever and, mm. and use the sugar for energy. Well, come to find out, you know, not only did they misdiagnose me that time, but I was misdiagnosed in the first place. I'm actually a type one diabetic which is usually like a juvenile yeah. diabetes um so not only you know did it was a diagnosed mm. misdiagnosed once i was misdiagnosed twice oh god so um so yeah so i was i was being treated for type 2 diabetes and they were giving me drugs to boost my insulin production mm. but 
when you're a type one, you don't produce insulin at all. Wow. So basically I was taking these medications for nothing. Yeah. And just so much sugar mm-hmm. had just built up in my blood after time that my blood became so acidic that it it was the doctor told me that the blood that was flowing through my body at that point was around the same um, acidity level as stomach acid. So I had oh that God. running through my brain, running through my heart, yeah. run, everything. And then my body just shut down. Jesus my organs were God. failing. That is insane. Yeah. And it's emergency rooms. It's it's a really huge issue with mental illness and yeah. emergency rooms. Um, 80% of people with mental illness are misdiagnosed in emergency rooms. Yeah. And that that's just a crazy, insane number that yeah. it should not be happening. It's like they're just jumping to the conclusion that, oh, this person is quote unquote crazy. Right. And yeah. and just for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I didn't go in there saying... I have anxiety. Give me drugs. Right. I, you know, I wasn't like, give me Xanax, give me Valium, give me, you know, I have anxiety. Give me this. Yeah. I was going in there saying this isn't anxiety. Right. Figure this out. And and they they didn't do that, unfortunately. And so I've yeah, I've got about quarter of a million dollars in, in medical bills. Oh, my God. Yeah. Whoa. So and it all it, it all could have been prevented. Yeah. The science was in front of him. Yeah. I mean, the numbers were right there and yeah. he signed off on it and said it's an anxiety attack. Like there, there was just no question about that test coming up blank. No. That. And immediately, immediately when my, you know, when my husband got to the hospital and he's showing the doctors this, they're like, what is this? Why yeah. did, Why didn't they catch this? And I mean, every single doctor that I've seen since then is like, this is crazy. He should. There's no way he should have let you go home. Yeah. If anything, they should have called an ambulance for me and transferred me right. to a bigger hospital where they were more equipped to deal with it. I mean, that right there just kind of makes you question the whole integrity of the entire like urgent care thing right there. Not only that, yes. it, but it's just, it's, I think, I think a lot of it has to do, do with mental illness and just that it's just so misunderstood and even doctors don't get it. Yeah. Even, even doctors do not understand this doctor has whatever letters behind his name mm. that insinuate that he's a doctor of the entire body right? and how the body works as a whole. Yeah. And so I feel like if anything, he should have kind of picked up on that. Yeah. But you know, mm. I feel like he had his mind made up, you know, so as soon as how was it corrected while you were in a coma? What, what happened? Um, while I was in the coma, um, they put me on an insulin drip. And so, um, because they figured as, as soon as they saw that my, my blood acidity level and they knew uh, my history, they, they knew that it was DKA. And so they immediately put me on an insulin drip and, um, they were kind of a little bit confused too whether I had sepsis at the time because wow. um, my blood was so fucked up from all the acid yeah. and the sugar built up in my that basically my blood was poisoning me, oh my God. and so they had me on fifteen different IV drips for antibiotics, fluids. Yeah. Um, I had a really low potassium level. Um, the doctors um, had told me when well, they told me it was the worst case of DK that they've ever seen anybody survive, and that my potassium levels. Um, were lower. My potassium level was like a three point something, and he like you go into a cardiac arrest at like a four something. Wow. Yeah. So it was uh it was bad. So you didn't get a blood transfusion or anything like that. No, no. They uh they put me on some hardcore antibiotics because they thought that I had sepsis, which turned out that that wasn't the case. It was just uh the you know my blood being so fucked up from the DKA. Um. So they put me on that. They put me on um some potassium and insulin drip. 
and slowly, you know, my, my blood sugar came around to normal or, you know, somewhat into normal ranges. Um, I know the first couple of days, um, my heart was really sensitive. Um, like they, they wouldn't let anybody touch me. Like my mom was there and like my mom wanted to be touching me and everything. Mm. And yeah, they wouldn't let her touch me because when she would touch me, my heart would like, uh, I don't know if I would, if my heart rate would go up or down or yeah. what the case was, but it was doing something it was like to, affecting your blood pressure. Like, right. Wow. Right. And so, um, and my heart was so fragile at that point that they couldn't even, you know, touch me or do anything. Oh my Good God. God. Um, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. It was crazy. Uh, it was crazy. So here's my question. Yeah. Whenever you're coming out of a coma, like, do you have the presence of mind to just like, like whenever you finally do come out, do you have the presence of mind to like, just pop up and scream? Whoa! What year? <laughs> because, like, that's what I want to do, no matter what. It's, I, I want to try to make a joke out of it. It's funny you ask that. It's funny you ask that. <laughs> there was a stand-up that, that said, uh, when you go into a, when you come out of a coma and you see all these, like, shit in your arms and, like, you're in a hospital room. Yeah. You know, you must freak out. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and I and I did. And the fun, there's this is a funny story. My husband, like, was joking around. Like, once they knew that, okay, I was going to wake yeah. up. Because you were intubated when you yeah, came out, Yeah, I was out, on right? life support. Oh, my God. I was Jesus on life support. Christ. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so slowly they, they bring me out of sedation and, and everything. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a little blurry. And yeah. I was extremely combative. So, I was tied down to the bed um when i woke up my my husband joked around about telling me like it was like 2020 whenever but they have some teenagers come yeah. in that looked like your kids <laughs> oh that would have been, been hilarious but yeah um anyway at the end he didn't have the heart to do it but um <laughs> well that's good so yeah so when i wake up you know i'm restrained and i'm in this room with a my bed is directly looking into a window where a nurse sits and is looking straight into my room at yeah. all at all times there's no um closed off like bathroom there's a like a little dresser type thing that flipped out into a toilet it was the weirdest thing i've ever seen wow Damn, and so, so you yeah. got a badass hospital room. so <laughs> really it was weird um so yeah so the bath the toilet was like right there so if i had to go to the bathroom i was going like i couldn't i had no privacy whatsoever wow. and so i woke up and it was the first day that i was awake and i'm looking around and i'm they had had me um you know restrained and i'm i've got this window that this nurse is looking at me you know at all times and the first thing that i thought to ask my husband because I had no clue, obviously, of what was going on or what had happened. I thought I was in a mental institution. Wow. Because, because like, there was no, like, rooms that you could go into for privacy. Yeah. There's a nurse watching me 24-7. I was restrained. Like restrained, yeah. And so that, and he was like, no, oh, my God, why would you think that? I'm like, I don't know, I'm kind of crazy. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. I just kind of figured that's how it was going to go down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, I had no clue. And so, yeah, I just. Wow yeah that is insane and i was just you know i woke up and and my husband was like yeah you're you're in dk and i was like oh i fucking told that doctor i fucking (laughs) told him it was dk didn't listen to me sent me home to die but anyway i'm only a little bit bitter about it but so anyway so yeah once i woke up i was just like oh that was some shit i survived you know like thankful but but anyway and you know and i had a lot of people i'm not on facebook but I know I had a, a the big yeah. pretty backing on Facebook of of prayers and vibes and and while I'll appreciate all of that 
um, everything that everybody sent and prayers and everything. Um, but I just want to say thank you to the doctors yeah, that were there at the hospital and that were quick thinking. And thank you for doctors and thank you for science and thank you for saving my life. <laughs> yeah. If you, wow. Kingwood Hospital, they're excellent. Yeah. If, if you are going to die, <laughs> try to do it in Kingwood. <laughs> yes. If you're, if you're not already downtown. Okay. Because wow. that is ama- an amazing story. God. But you didn't cry. I didn't cry. <laughs> Brennan said you were going to cry. I, I, I promise tears. That's kind of why she's here. It's really not that sad. I mean, <laughs> my eyes are well lubricated, but they're not over lubricated. Yeah. Yeah. I saved you. I saved a lot of it. I Thank saved you. a lot of the, the sadness. So, do you remember anything from when you were in a coma? Nobody talking to you or anything like that? I kind of, um, I kind of remember somebody asking me at one point who the president was. Like I have a vague, um, a vague memory of uh, somebody asking me who the president was. But my husband said that nobody ever asked me who the president was, so I may have dreamed that. I don't know. But um, no, I don't remember anything. I don't. From the time I fell and like I bruised my ribs really bad yeah. whenever I passed out into the into our bathroom uh, before he called nine one one. Um, that's my last memory. And that's yeah. what is so scary yeah. is that it's just like that. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I could have been dead just that quickly. And that's been the scariest part for me is just how abrupt yeah. it all happened and just how quickly, I mean, because it, within four hours, yeah, I, I went from, you know, having trouble breathing yeah. to, to being dead in within four hours. I just think it's really funny that like your brain and your body like would go to go so far as to produce a fantasy of what's supposed to happen when you're in a coma. Like, you know, like they always ask you, well, who was the president whenever yeah, you wake yeah, up? Yeah, right. But yeah, like that your your body would know that what was happening so much that it would produce that sort of like almost like weird dream. Right, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really strange. And then, yeah, after that, I mean, I kind of have a vague memory of that. Um, so time didn't pass. Not for me, it didn't, no. So it was just you like went, lights out, wake up, oh my yep, God, what's right. going on? Yeah, exactly. Later. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I was only no I was only in a coma for nothing. three days. Yeah, you were in the coma for three days. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I woke up with nothing. I mean, the last thing I remembered was falling in the bathroom. It was the last thing I remember, wow. and then waking up, and um, uh, it's it's my grandmother was there, and oh man, my my sweet grandmother. She's like I don't know, like eighty six, and. I remember waking up and just cussing everyone (laughs) and just, just cussing everyone. And, um, I needed, I can't even believe I'm telling this part of the story, but I needed to go potty. Okay. (laughs) And the nurses would not let me get up. And so they were trying to like talk me into using a bedpan and I was like, fuck you. I'm not using bedpan. And so I'm cussing them out. Yeah. And my poor sweet little Paula Dean, Southern <laughs> grandmother is just hearing me say the F word every five seconds. And so that was a little bit <laughs> lucid. And um, yeah, so I called her later that night to, uh, to apologize <laughs> for saying fuck so many times. Well, what, what would have been worse? Like swearing a bunch in front of your grandma or taking a dump in a bedpan in front of her? <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I did both. Oh, wow. But, um, I apologized for the cussing. I did not apologize for no the bedpan situation but <laughs> i didn't have choice yeah in hey, the matter gotta do what you gotta do and and i don't remember even doing it but yeah apparently i did so. did you ever get to use the weird space age toilet what is the space age the toilet? one that like folded down that you were talking about oh yeah okay yeah <laughs> yeah i definitely got to use that i'm sorry i'm going so, straight i'm just going straight to like how did you poop while you were there yeah <laughs> no that well 
I mean, I guess it's not. That, it's that kind of show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm not real sure. I've got a poop question. <laughs> uh, since nobody could touch you mm-hmm. because your heart was so fragile, mm-hmm. how did they get the bedpan under you? I don't think I, I don't think at that point I was going to the bathroom just because I was so dehydrated yeah. and I, I lost 20 pounds the week the week prior to getting sick. Wow. So something was obviously really wrong. Yeah. You just don't drop 20 pounds like no. that. And that's one of the number one side effects of, of diabetes is, is, is sudden weight loss. Um, but yeah, I don't, I hadn't eaten. I hadn't drink. I hadn't really drank anything. And yeah. so I don't, I don't think I really went to the bathroom then. Okay. I, I think the first time I went to the bathroom was when I was waking up. Yeah. But out of fear, probably, <laughs> Probably. Uh, because to this day, I mean, I've been with my husband for like five years. And to this day, he has not even been anywhere in the vicinity of my bathroom goings. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. Wow. So that was probably in the back of my head, even as I was in the coma. Oh, my God. I can't shit in front of Steve. <laughs> so that's probably what it was. Wow. That's funny. So you're taking insulin now. Um, yes. I um after I got out of the hospital, I found an I found an amazing endocrinologist. Actually, the endocrinologist that I was two weeks out from seeing when I got sick. Um, I saw him. He's awesome. He's the same age I am, which is totally weird that my doctor is my same age. But yeah. I feel like such a loser. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I started seeing him, and he immediately was like, "I really don't think you're a type two. Like you're too young. Yeah. Like I just don't think that's what it was." And so he did the test, and he found out that I was actually a type one. One, um, and that I had probably had this since my early to mid 20s. Yeah. And it had just, you know, progressed over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so since um, I have gotten um, a, um, oh my God, I just forgot what this thing's called, an insulin pump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so since I've gotten an insulin pump, um, because my pancreas just doesn't work whatsoever. Yeah. So I now have an artificial pancreas and it does all the work for me pretty much. Yeah. And everything's been great since then. So I'm so, on the road. So is see it, it? Yeah, let me see it. It looks like 1999. Oh, you got a pager, yeah. Yeah, it's like a beeper, except it's connected to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, insulin goes in here. Yeah. I change this out every three days. And you put how many carbs you're going to eat. Yeah. She's holding a garage door opener. Yeah. For the <laughs> listeners at home. It is. like It's a pager. It's like an old school, like 1997, yeah. like Motorola pager. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed that it's not just like a pancreas floating in a dome. <laughs> Me too, Brennan. Yeah, I would be bummed. I thought you were going to pull your shirt up and you were going to have like a bionic heart. (laughs) A bunch of gears. Like Dick Cheney's heart. No, I mean, there is like a port. Lights flashing. There is a port that this goes into. Reel to reel. Yeah, like a it's like a little I say it's a port. It's similar to um I guess what I guess like what cancer patients would but it's just a little um plastic needle sort of thing that goes into my skin that I change out every three days and um I put in how many carbs I'm gonna eat, I push enter and it pretty much does all the work for me. No shit. I really like that you're the first zombie and cyborg that we've had on the show. I know, right? I know. I, yeah, it's you're like cool. good stuff. You're like Mech Jesus. <laughs> what is Mech Jesus? <laughs> we don't. We don't know. <laughs> it's just oh, no. just something that popped into my head. Don't pay attention to me. Okay. Um. 
That's awesome. That's a great story. I'm glad you're I'm glad you're back. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Me too. Because, you know, I've got you know, I mean, I have two biological kids. I have, you know, Steven's son that I'm I'm full time yeah. raising. He you know, he's he's my kid. He's your kid, yeah. Um so I've got three kids, you know, that I'm raising and yeah, I'm just I'm really thankful. Um I had a great team of doctors. Yeah. And and my family, you know, behind me. So just I'm very lucky to be here. Very lucky. So what's going on with the tw- 250 the, the quarter mill <laughs> who's coming up with the quarter mill um is that doctor gonna be held responsible for that we're trying to figure that out at this point yeah, yeah. i don't, I don't want to go too much you know too far into it because uh we are it's an ongoing investigation it's, yeah <laughs> it's kind of an ongoing thing so i don't want to go too too far into it but yeah um hopefully the doctor will be held accountable um you know i'm not I'm not trying to get rich. I'm not trying to do anything. The The thing that I would like to see happen is that their protocol be changed. Right. Because I don't, I don't want this to happen to anybody else. I mean, I was four hours away from dying and he sent me home, you know, something needs, needs to happen. Something needs to be changed within this company or within something, something needs to happen. And, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Great story. Um, I think we should take a break and come back with some news. Okay. We all know what time it is. It's time for the news with Gabriel Dieter and friends. So, the Texas Supreme Court ruled against the Houston Air Ordinance. Did what? you hear about this? No. Uh, I think it was Mayor White uh-huh. in like uh, the early 2000s wanted to enact a clean air bill for Houston. So, Which is a good idea. <laughs> it is a good idea. But the, the contract they had with, um, let's see, the Commission on Environmental Quality... Texas Commission of Environmental Quality uh, sucked at their job. So Houston dropped their contract and picked it up with someone else. And since that's happened, all of these uh, plant owners and and business owners that have, Mm -hmm. you know, gotten by with the lax enforcement right uh form these groups to fight fight uh that fight the city in court basically over clean air wow so i don't know exactly what the houston clean air act had that that was better than what the epa standards are but it seems like well the epa standards are really not that crazily high i mean i i can tell you this like just from my personal experience you know from work i mean that, that's what i do for a living right so i mean like to for things to be within an epa standard is not you know really difficult to meet so i mean i guess maybe like i mean i don't know exactly what was in what you know the mayor had set up but i mean it sounds like you know he just wanted for people to be able to breathe <laughs> <laughs> stupid mayor white yeah with, which apparently does not fly in the houston area no um, yeah jesus that is horrifically depressing <laughs> oh i mean that, that just goes well. to show you like how much you know i'm sorry to depress you so early on in the news Brandon, but <laughs> well i mean it's it, a lot more it doesn't take shit. much it doesn't take much i mean but yeah i mean as far as like uh <clears throat> i'm sorry I'm anyway um yeah like i mean what what was in the bill that they were so i mean like what was in the the city policy that was so 
you know, threatening to these people. I mean, they, they already have, like, you know, pretty much any leeway that they want in this town to more or less do whatever it is that they want. Like, what was it that was so bad that they felt like they had to, like, form these little groups? And- uh, pro- I, I didn't read the act, but I'm pretty sure it had to do with uh, probably fines. Yeah. I mean, that's all I'm guess. That's my guess. But I don't understand that because the oil and gas industry. Enforcement. Like, they have basically a license to print money. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's pretty. Well, I don't know. Uh, next story. <laughs> uh, Stephen Ruth, a.k.a. the Red Light Robin Hood, is a nonviolent vigilante. And he is located in, uh, where was it? Uh, Long Island, New York. Um, he basically exposed the uh, the city for shortening yellow lights yeah. and putting uh, red light cameras up uh-huh. in intersections. Yeah, and it's actually causing people to die. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. And uh, when he when he noticed this, he he actually did something about it, and he came up with a method of using I think uh, painters poles or something like that uh-huh. to actually. <laughs> point the camera up into the sky yeah uh because they're you know 20 30 feet up yeah. in the air uh so he put out a video mm-hmm. t- uh, tutorial on how to do that <laughs> and ever wow. since then the city is like <laughs> taking every opportunity to shit on him that's uh, such a good idea <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny until you realize people like people really have been getting killed because people see this short yellow light yeah and they want to beat it they so they speed up it, yeah. and people are getting hit that's accidents. their own fault no uh, that, that's the city's fault they shouldn't be timing the lights like that you know you shouldn't try to go through well we we know that as a society you know whenever any you know just just speaking as people like we know if you see a yellow light you're gonna try to jump in. i don't you, know? you don't i don't I try to slow down, but if if the yellow light's super short, I mean, you think you're going to have that opportunity, and by the time yellow turns to red, you're like, it's too late, you know? Yeah, I got you. And you have to, like, speed up to get through the intersection. So Where is this? Long Island. Hmm. Uh, So, basically, after doing this, um, he's now facing 20 years in prison. Holy shit. Uh... His yeah. dog has been kidnapped. Not the dog. <laughs> not the dog. Oh my god. Do what you will with him, but not the dog. They're gonna turn this guy into John Wick. <laughs> a uh, a uh, an Wick. Un- unmarked unmarked vehicle uh, tried to run him off the road. Oh my god. And his property taxes were jacked up suddenly. <laughs> and it's it's weird about the property taxes because the person in charge of the property tax was also the person in charge of red lights. Huh, that's convenient. And and, <laughs> and, and the red light tickets are bringing in millions for the city. Yeah. So this guy's jacking them for a lot of money. Man. Um, yeah, trust your government, folks. <laughs> yeah. God. But they have a license to kill, so. That's true. This guy's probably going to end up dead over millions lost. I bet so. Man, I wonder if we can have him on. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> Um, but you're in charge of that, so <laughs> we'll get see. him on the show, Brennan. Dude, <laughs> I, I'll try to book a phone or with Stephen him. Ruth. <laughs> I'm Steven sure Ruth. Texans would be a lot less yeah. upset about the yeah the yellow light law. What about his dog being stolen? <laughs> That's the number one thing for me. I don't care about the rest of it. Uh, more election fraud in Illinois. Uh, <laughs> surprising no one, yeah. and no one cares, especially. Uh, state and local officials. <laughs> <laughs> 
like always. This is just it's just getting so odd. So RT has this this show called Redacted. Have you seen it? No. Have you seen it? Uh, no Facebook. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> Redacted is an obnoxious. It's it's hosted by an obnoxious. Oh wait, dude. that's the kind of bad Daily Show thing. Yes. Though, right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And I think I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. I think I talked about it on Rogan before. Probably. So. It's a little obnoxious, but the guy knows how to deliver a punch. You yeah. know, kind of like John Stewart. Did. Yeah. And uh, he's you know this is this is where I got the story and. Uh, Election fraud is fucking crazy because he they were talking about how there was an audit of the Chicago election for the primaries mm-hmm. and uh the election officials didn't give a fuck. Right. They were just like, Have you ever audited before? Mm-hmm. Then you know what <laughs> Yeah. What gives you the right to question what we did? <laughs> and and the numbers and the facts of the of their their audit mm-hmm. uh just blatantly say that votes for for bernie were thrown out right and it's just fucking nuts well i mean my i really in this past election have kind of lost a lot of faith in the election process just based on my own experience of like going to the voting polls and having my election judge be covered in white power tattoos you know <laughs> like they will just let anybody you know there, there's there's no qualifications there's just you know but you did say he was a really nice guy. He, he seemed nice. He seemed nice for a white supremacist. I'm just saying. Until I mean, he's beating your skull against you know, concrete. What, maybe he was Look, recovered, like I, American History X. See, that's the thing is, like, it's he seemed like maybe he just like had found Jesus and. Uh, well, he, that's know, even yeah. worse. Yeah, that might be worse. Well, uh, I, don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so the point is, yeah, basically, it's just this like, election's fucking bought and paid for. Well, I mean, it, it just becomes so blatantly clear that the entire system is bought and paid for, like in the past, you know, I guess two or three elections, really. But I mean. Now it's just like in our faces and no one's doing anything. We're screwed. <sighs> <All right. laughs> this is the fun part of the show. Uh, uh, Did you ever think that like the story of you like almost dying and coming into a coma like would be the least depressing thing that's going on? Right? <laughs> it's, hers is, you, you've actually got a positive No, it story. is. Yeah, yours is kind of life affirming. It is pretty positive. Yeah, yeah it is pretty positive. Uh, there's more to come from you. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> Oklahoma. Ugh. Legalized, legalized rape. What? Hold on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Uh, Interpreting the law saying forcible sodomy cannot occur where a victim is so intoxicated as to be unconscious. So if you're drunk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forcible oral sodomy cannot occur where a victim is so intoxicated as to be unconscious. Yeah, you you can. You can legal. So mouth rape is legal in Oklahoma now. (laughs) I mean, it's illegal to shove your penis into a butthole under any circumstances, but to tongue that butthole is perfectly okay. Wow. (laughs) Unconsented butthole penetration with the tongue is fine. Well, I mean, I thought the sodomy laws covered, like, anything that was just non-penile to vaginal penetration. I I thought so, too. I thought it included oral sex. It does. So, yeah, basically, yeah. Well, wait, no. As long as she's drunk, it's okay. I, I... no, I, no, 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 no. As long as, long as, as she's, she's not and passed out. What? I'm so confused. It's legal. Like, if, yeah. If, if. Okay. So. Wait. This is Oklahoma. We're talking. This is about. Oklahoma. I yes. mean. So you can't. I mean, in Texas, sodomy is still legal in any form. I think. I'm pretty. Yeah. Sure but, you're right. Yeah. There was a couple of years ago. There were. There were but in ago. Oklahoma, you can do it if you're drunk and passed out. Oh. Well. Good to okay. know. Okay. So 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 for so the, the roofie, so for Oklahoma, so the roofie like yeah. commodity just like totally yeah. is skyrocketing in in, yeah. in Oklahoma. And so is their tourism. I mean, I, I lived in Oklahoma for a brief time. There's really nothing else to do but sodomy. <laughs> uh, all right. 
next story. Here we go. <laughs> uh, this is a this is a great story. Okay, I read it. I was like, well, goddamn, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> And I was, yeah, you'll, you'll understand why I tell you. Okay. Uh, 18-year-old uh, Narenda Kumar began suffering excruciating stomach pains, vomiting with weight loss, and a doctor's visit revealed a parasitic twin. Uh, the twin, it was like, That's you know, near, yeah. his, near, near his stomach. Yeah. On, you know, on his inside, under his skin. Uh, the twin, <laughs> when they pulled it out, they just, you know, cut yeah. him open and pulled it out. It was a lump of teeth and bone covered in skin. <laughs> and uh, it had a six foot ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> because, of course, it did. It's a creep. <laughs> <laughs> was it a ponytail or was it like a rat tail? <laughs> I think it was. Well, all right. It, I, I, I couldn't tell the exact <laughs> scale of this thing, but it looked about as big as your fist. Wow. And parasitic twins. It uh, totally creeped me out. <laughs> I mean, does it come out like uh like a magician's uh handkerchief? <laughs> oh, like God. the hair? <laughs> they just grab the wad uh, and start pulling this ponytail out. It's oh, like six feet long. <laughs> so gross. wow did he name the thing that's <laughs> oh, his brother you better did his parents like throw it a party what did they throw it away like where is this thing oh, you man. know i want to buy it yeah it's, it's probably in a jar somewhere it has to be that, that has so. to go in a museum i you know? hope so it's probably i'm gonna the... look on ebay for a parasitic twin i'm willing to bet that it's at the schlitz brewery in uh san antonio <laughs> <laughs> Cool story. My parents went there for their honeymoon. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. No, not the, not the Slitz one, the Lone Star Brewery. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. okay. Great place. <laughs> man, that, that's romantic. That's probably why they're divorced now, but anyway, go ahead. Oh, man. That's probably why they got married. <laughs> that, that's actually all I have for the news. Uh, oh. Man. What about Robert Durst? Let's get into that. Yeah, um, yeah Robert Durst, just this he, past week. He was sentenced to some prison time. Yeah, right? seven years. Um, seven years for the weapons charge that he got when he was in new orleans right um think they they went into the hotel room that he was at and um caught him with some pot and and some weapons and and the weapons charges were were the huge thing for yeah. new orleans but anyway yeah he uh he copped a plea deal and um he's gonna serve seven years which i don't see him making it seven more years but no. Um, well, yeah, with, uh, he'll probably get an early release with a non. Well, uh, well, that's the thing. He, he did a plea bargain um, for the weapons charge that he got in New Orleans, but they're um, extraditing him to California, oh. so that he can um, be tried for the Susan Berman case. So, really? so I think um, I think there's a date in August, I mm -hmm. believe, that they uh, that they're going to extradite him to California um, to uh, yeah for the. For that trial, so so he's gonna serve time in New Orleans and then go to to yeah, California. but I mean, but not much time in New Orleans. I mean, right. they're gonna extradite him in August, so yeah. But I mean, from the articles that I've read, his health is is failing, and yeah, I don't, I imagine, so. I, I don't imagine him seeing the end of the the weapons trial. Much, right. I mean, the weapons charge, much less you know getting into the Susan Berman yeah killing. But Man. anyway, I think his guilt is uh... free, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> His guilt is turning into some gastrical, gastric intestinal problem. It's turning into a parasitic twin with a six foot ponytail. <laughs> oh, wow. That's all we need. Another point <laughs> oh five Durst running around. Grow out of his back and whisper, you're guilty. <laughs> <laughs> or he'll just burp. He'll never sleep. <laughs> 
It'll just be a burping twin. <laughs> the burping. <laughs> just uh, smells like burps all the time. <laughs> and Starbucks. Basket Case 5, starring Robert Durst. <laughs> I'm <All> right. <laughs> Me too. Let's Where go do to, I sign up? Where do I give my money? Let's go to some friend questions. Awesome. Okay, so you go first, Brennan. All right, friend questions. Uh, let's see. Friend of the show, Bobby Stevenson-White, asked a couple of questions. Uh, let's see. Let's see. She has, so what are some of your uh, favorite documentaries that you've watched recently? Um, hmm. Wolfpack was good. Wolfpack yes. was really good. Did you watch yes. that? Yes, yes, I did. After a recommendation? Um, no, before, actually. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, we have no pull with it. Yeah, <laughs> I... Uh, I'm pretty big into documentaries. Um, I just watched this documentary and cannot think of the name of it. Um, remembering someone, it was an artist, um, a photographer. Robert Maplethorpe? No, it was a woman. Oh. Um, I can't think of her name. But anyway, it was a documentary about this guy went to an auction and he just happened to buy this box of um, uh, negatives. Uh-huh. And he started going through them and, and is realizing, wow, these are really like amazing pictures. And so right. he starts developing them and, um, and it's this woman's dead and he's trying, you know, basically how her art was much more, you know, poignant, you know, after her death and right. blah, blah, blah. But it, I can't remember exactly what it was called, but that was pretty good. But Brennan has actually suggested the best documentaries that I've ever seen. Marwin call yeah and then what was the other one about the tiles uh god i can't remember the name the guy that made these those the tiles. tiles in philadelphia um i cannot i can't remember the name of it yeah but... he was this uh it was just it was just about this like street artist guy that was completely anonymous that made these uh tiles that were just like he would put them on the street and they just had these weird kind of cryptic messages in them but uh i cannot remember the name of it for the life of me um while you're thinking of it oh yeah can it's... we talk about wolfpack yeah go ahead yeah. what'd you think oh um i i have mixed feelings about it like here's this i don't know if you can find that burning through there shit um my next door neighbor is autistic and he thinks he's batman and so he um he is in full character all the time and he makes like his own weapons and stuff like they did in the wolf pack and it, it just reminded me of him more than anything but can i um, ask which batman <laughs> um, the dark knight okay so okay. Christian, I, I, christian bale so christian yeah, bale, yeah 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 okay. and so like adam west batman would have been way <laughs> just doing the bat to see in the street that would be yeah great. <laughs> so he'll like i'll see him like across the street and down and i'm like hey and he's like i'll, I'll say his name i don't want to say his name on on the yeah. air but i'll say his name and and he's like i am not so and so i am the dark knight and like he says like full character like you can't address him like in his in his real name and that's what it reminded me of um I felt really like sad for them, I guess, because their dad is, I mean, obviously has some mental illness issues and some, some paranoia, but, um, I felt bad for them more than anything, but I think like what they did for their outlet was amazing. And I, I follow a lot of them on Instagram and they're doing great things, but yeah, it was, that was, it was a good documentary. I liked it. You, uh, you're going to get some amazing things out of people that go through stuff like that. Yeah. I agree. More, more times than not. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I, I, I like listening to the podcast. Uh, Brennan and I were talking um, before the show about the mental illness happy hour podcast. And as, as horrible as it is listening to some of that stuff, 
I find it a little bit therapeutic that I'm not as fucking crazy as I thought I was for one. And, you know, I I just, I find it extremely therapeutic. So yeah, it's completely off subject. Just to hear about people like kind of surviving that is huge. Yeah. Survival. Exactly. Survival. Uh, The name of the documentary that we were talking about was called Resurrect Dead. Yes. Uh, The mystery of the Toynbee tiles. Uh, Basically, it's just about this guy that made these uh, kind of collage tile things. And he was like placing them like all over Philadelphia, I think, initially. And some of them started appearing in South America as well. And nobody knows who the guy is that's doing it. Wow. It's it's a really interesting documentary. It's worth checking out. But they they think that it's like this recluse who like has the the, um, passenger side of his car like what is, what is that called like the floorboard of his yeah. car cut out yeah. so that he could just drop the tiles as yeah. he's driving it's it's a really awesome documentary and unfortunately i don't think it's on netflix anymore yeah but if, if you get a chance whatever. definitely worth your time yeah resurrect dead it's amazing yeah it's probably on itunes um do you have any friend questions okay. yes We've do you have any some. more brennan well go ahead we, um, we take turns okay so i have a friend question from one of my bestest friends that i worked with when i was doing hair and she asked what is the craziest thing that has ever happened to you in a salon um it didn't really happen to me but i worked with a girl who had um her client bring her some pot cookies Oh, nice. To wow. work one day because she had never tried them. I, I don't know what the entire story was. No. So she ate all of them. No, 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 no. <laughs> so she, her client brings her these pot peanut butter cookies and she sits them on her station or whatever, buy her purse or whatever. And an un, another stylist unknowingly, oh, because we shared no. a lot of things, food, and, you know, snacks and stuff like that we shared. And so she saw a bag of peanut butter cookies laying on, on this girl's station. And she's like, oh, I want a peanut butter cookie. And so... She eats the peanut butter cookie and, you know, later on, she's like, I feel a little weird. And like, we walked down to a restaurant that was near our salon that we walked down to, to get drinks and, mm-hmm. and, and food and stuff like that lunches. And so I walked down with her to get, I was getting a drink. And the next thing I noticed, like she's over at the buffet stuffing rolls into her mouth, <laughs> like a chipmunk. <laughs> She's got her cheeks completely full of rolls. And I'm like, what is going on? And so later on, she's like, I feel so weird. I've got to go to the doctor. She goes to the doctor because she thinks she's having like a heart attack or something. (laughs) But come to find out, she just ate a pot cookie. and was really fucking stoned. And so... (laughs) And, uh, and, and the girl that, that ended up getting the pot cookies, who they were originally for, her friend told her that whenever you cook pot, it's not as, a, it's not as effective, mm. which is, it, guys, if, it, guys, let me inform you. If you don't know, when you cook pot, it's way more effective. So she ate one, didn't feel anything. So she eats like four more of them. <gasps> and so that entire made this mistake. <laughs> that entire night i spent three hours on the phone with her trying to convince her that she's not gonna die that's amazing so um so there's that that was a crazy story also when i worked um in clear lake i had a lady who would um the pot thing's probably the craziest thing that's happened like non-client wise yeah but client wise um when i worked in friendswood i had a client who would she had like a little mini dustpan and broom uh-huh. and a bag and like she would not let us sweep up her own hair she swept up her own hair and took it with her whoa what did she do with it no clue you n- never found out no idea but she refused 
to let us sweep up her hair. She took her little dustpan and her little broom and she swept up all Man. her own hair, put it in a bag and took it with her every single time. Now, mm. like, I don't know if she was into voodoo. Anti-cloning. <laughs> Maybe she was into that. Um, I know that some people sprinkle human hair in their gardens because the scent of humans keeps the um, the animals away from yeah. getting at your like vegetables or whatever. Huh. Um, but she was a, she was kind of creepy. So I like to think that she was doing something really weird. With yeah, it. I can only but, imagine like she's making some sort of weird art with it. Yeah, and and those are probably the two two craziest things. Um, wow. And let me see what else she had another question um do you miss being a hairstylist fuck no <laughs> and thank you jessica for your questions i have one more um from another but if you want to go first brennan go ahead okay uh, uh james todd asks recently a guy who had been in prison for six years for rage he misspelled rape uh was released because the woman who had accused him lied uh now my question is him uh, should this woman be sent to jail for six years, plus be forced to make restitution in the form of six years of missing pay and face charges for falsely accusing the poor guy? Man, that's, that's a hard one. Um, well, I mean, if it's... God, that's really complicated. That's really hard because people who are accusing, who are wrongly accusing people of things like that, I don't think they're in their right mind. Um, you know, I've had some personal issues with, with, with a family member in particular who has um, who's created really intricate lies about abuse and and things like that and um, and they've really been harmful to the people and and yeah. she's so mentally ill that she believes what she's saying and so that it's a really fine line I, I really I really don't know what I mean, do you think Brennan it's it's really tricky because I mean at the same like obviously it it seems like just if you're assuming that everyone is mentally healthy in the situation, you right. know, obviously this person is like ruined a person's life, you know, and that, that is an act of aggression. That person's been to prison. But at the same time, you know, if that person is having mental health issues, you know, that has to factor in, you know, you have to. I don't think sane people. I mean, yeah, exactly. Sane people do not do that. Don't do that. You know, like unless there's like something to be gained, I guess. Uh, or it's, I mean, unless I mean, what could be gained other than? I mean, it, it could be financial. It could be revenge. I mean, financial, I could get maybe, but I don't know. I mean, I'm in that boat where I I just don't think sane people accuse people wrongly accuse people of things like that. Right. But you know, I could be wrong. So I don't know. That's that's it's that's really, a tough one. That's a very complicated question. See, and this is why. This is why he needs to be on the show more. <laughs> You've got a fan out there. I do. I have a Mike fan, Todd. Mike Todd. You have uh, you have a fan, Mike Todd. <laughs> One. <laughs> One and only. But it's enough. It counts. Brennan. Okay, let's see. Um, this is from Amber Dugas Widmere. Oh, Jesus. How do you feel about eggnog? Oh, my God. Barbecue sauce, <laughs> chupacabras, and unicycles, either together or separately. How do you feel about it, Gabe? Uh, I like half of those things. Yeah, I, I'm not. A, I like I'm, the idea of half of those things. Yeah, I am not an eggnog fan personally. Me either. <laughs> Barbecue sauce in light doses. Yeah, chupacabras. Chupacabras. Always. I, I want to know more. I, I I want one on the show. Um, unicycles. Unicycles. Uh, unicycles are tricky. Uh, no unicorns. No, it says unicycles. Oh, unicycles. no, no, okay. it's definitely um, unicycles. There used to be a guy in Laporte that would ride his unicycle down like 
146 and i saw him on, on 225 one time with a guitar on his back um still still not interesting he, he ended up getting hit by a car and dying like it, okay. it was on the news all right but um like he, he was kind of like a local figure or whatever so i mean that guy was cool i guess i'm not a big fan of unicycles in general i think it's outside of like the realm of clowning <laughs> mm-hmm. we probably don't want unicycles in our environment no it's got to be some kind yeah. of performance art thing yeah or it's kind of a waste of <clears throat> yeah which i mean unicycle wheel, guy was a like, wheel that could be on a bicycle yeah y- you could be like you know <laughs> quit showing off guys <laughs> yeah that could be on some farming equipment growing people for growing food for growing people, people for food people for food so greens people um yes so <laughs> now that i've expressed my elaborate opinions on this this clear this question is clearly directed towards you yes um Okay, these are obviously inside jokes. Which, Brennan, I think you were there for the barbecue and egg sauce. The I'm sorry, barbecue sauce and eggnog night. But anyways, I don't know that I was. Um, I like barbecue sauce and okay. I like eggnog, just not together, Amber. Just <laughs> keep them separate. Um, as far as unicycles, I think only um autistic people should have unicycles. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Why? Um. <laughs> It's just part of the inside joke. Uh, um, okay. I'm sure there will be a bat unicycle. But, <laughs> Amber, I would still love to see somebody ride the unicycle down the underpass. And I'm sure you would, too. So Okay. <laughs> um, what was what was the other one? Barbecue was, sauce, eggnog? It was eggnog, barbecue oh, sauce, chupacabras. chupacabras. Amber, come on. Um, chupacabras exist. They're out there. They're out there. Yeah. What do you what do you think, Abe? What do you think about the chupacabra? Uh, I think rabies affects a lot of animals, and so does Maine. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I know exactly what you're talking. You're talking about the one that they found, uh, like most recently, right? It was like a, the dog or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it, it looked like mange. a sort of coyote or something. Yeah, yeah. that had mange. I've also seen, have you ever seen a bear with mange? No. no. Google it. It's the fucking scariest shit you'll ever see. <laughs> google it so i think i found an album cover for this episode <laughs> yes please i think i found a band name bear with mange <laughs> oh bear with mange is one of the most frightening things you'll ever see okay i got let me ask one from amber Beerus. the question is is it too old well, is it too late for a question no it's not uh let's see what is one thing you either want to accomplish or want to do or see before you die what's one thing on your bucket list um for me um one of my number one right now um my biggest things that i want to do is uh i want to go to the wizarding world of harry potter that's (laughs) that's one of my number one things right now but um you know that's a legit it is item it is Not, not for myself but any anytime something that big is created right I mean, for people to be excited all over the world to yeah. want to go to that destination, that's a great thing. Yeah. You know? That's that's it, a that's I mean, what the Grand Canyon does for people. Right. Some people. You Are know? either one of you Harry Potter? I saw all the movies. Yeah, I watched the movies. Oh, no, I'm not a, you gotta read the books. I I read a couple of them. Yeah, I mean I, I don't know. For a kid like me who who was totally, you know, just internal and kind of Yeah. I mean, I know you relate, Brennan. Yeah. We grew up basically together, but it was just such a great escape and yeah. just such a magical world that that JK Rowling created and and I love Harry Potter and I'm very passionate about it. And so the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is uh, is num- is probably my number one bucket list uh, right now. But just what I'm passionate about right now is just um, spreading the the word about mental illness because it's it's extremely misunderstood yeah. and and a lot of people don't understand it, even doctors and and it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. So 
It's a, it's a, it's a really big thing that really needs to be taken seriously. And a lot more people need to be educated on it. That's a bear with mange, yeah. by the way. <laughs> oh yeah. I've seen that. That's yeah. a sun bear, right? Uh, it's a bear with mange. I don't know. It's fucking frightening. <laughs> Let's identify bears with me. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Gabe? What's, your, what's on your bucket list? Uh, bucket list. Um, geez. Uh, I'd like to go to the comedy store. Yeah. Good that's, one. That's uh, that's on my books. Yeah. That, Hopefully it's there. In, to, uh, however long it takes me to get there. To, to experience that dark energy, I think, would be very I want to see Don Barris close at wow. 2.30 in the morning. Oh, God. <laughs> I want to I go there for the Ding Dong show and fucking see Don Barris That's close. good. That's very good. And uh, whatever else that entails. Man. I don't know. Like, uh, Mine is a little more morbid. <laughs> okay. Um. I'm very, very intrigued by that Japanese suicide forest. Oh, tell yeah. me what this is. I don't know. How, I have no clue what this is. There's, I mean, there've been a couple. Have documentaries. you ever seen Ninja Scroll? <laughs> Just well, it's not unlike that. But uh, <laughs> there's like there, there've been a couple documentaries on it. There was actually a horror movie made about it in this past year. But there's this forest in Japan where um, people just go deep into the woods and they kill themselves. It's just like, it's the place where this, it's like a place in this culture where these people do this. It's seppuku, right? Well, however they choose to do it, really. Just kidding. You know, so- hey, uh, do you know the, uh, uh, this is a general question okay. and I can look it up after the show, but what the fuck is the difference between seppuku and harikiri? Um, this is all I'm, Brennan. I'm not sure. I, I, this is all you, I feel dude. like, uh, I mean... Just based on my understanding, I feel like uh, maybe Harakiri is like this like specific. It's just like suicide, but seppuku is like the specific like splitting your guts, and you know you, you make the the horizontal incision across your stomach, and then uh-huh. you go vertical, and then you remove your. Intestine. They're not the same thing. I don't think so. Huh. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. See, I mean, my my, my well, knowledge on this is a little bit spotty at this point. It's been a while. Okay, I have I haven't been investing Japanese suicide methods right. recently. But speaking of suicides in the documentary, you um, we were talking about documentaries earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, have you seen this? I um, can't. I don't know how to pronounce that. What is it? Uh, Brigand. Yeah, the Brigand maybe. Brigand maybe. There, it's it's a town in South Wales where they have. It's a documentary on Netflix. I watched it on Netflix. Um, anyway, it's about a town who has just a, a crazy suicide rate. Like people are just committing suicide left and right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, isn't, isn't there a high me. suicide rate in Alaska? I'm sure it's mm. fucking. That makes ice. sense. And nothing. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's mine. It's like, I want to go to the Japanese suicide forest. Well, that's a great one. Uh... <laughs> okay. So What about like the body form? Is it, you know what the body form yeah, is? Yeah, that's in, uh, that's like where the FBI, like, Isn't they that the massage the parlor? <laughs> <laughs> Over off a of college by the airport. Right. That... <laughs> CJ Minard asks. Um, yes. Do you have any uh, good dream stories that you want to tell? Oh, yeah, there we go. All right, Sieges. <laughs> Um, anybody want to go first? No, go ahead. No, okay. This is directed. This at is you. for oh, you. Oh, this is for me. Okay. So, um, yeah, I have this reoccurring dream that, okay. So I got like a total douchebag tattoo as soon as I turned 18, like a Japanese character that was just shit Yeah, and it all bled together and it was just a giant piece of shit. And so basically when I went to get it covered up, um, the tattoo artist was like, you're going to have to cover it with something big and black. Yeah. And so it was like big and black Texas. Like Yeah. What else is <laughs> big and black other than Texas, right? <laughs> I love I love Texas. And so I covered the tattoo with a giant just solid black Texas. And uh 
so that's what the tattoo was for the longest time. And um, later on, I had some flowers and some pretty stuff um, added around it. But for a long time, before I had that done, I had a reoccurring dream that I that I was in a tattoo parlor and um, I was getting the tattoo and it, it kind of worked like um, the tattoo game. Like I didn't know what I was getting. Uh. Yeah. So like I didn't know what I was getting, but like I was just like, do what you do what you think you know just yeah. i trust you just do something pretty and so i don't look the entire time i'm getting the tattoo and like the tattoo artist is done and he wipes it down and he's like okay look at what it is and so i look down and instead of like adding anything like pretty to my texas he just added mexico <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So then I have a tattoo of Texas and Mexico. That's awesome. together. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's my reoccurring dream. That's completely different than anything I expected. Yeah. yeah. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would, I mean, I don't know. I guess if that happened to me, I would work with it. But, you know, yeah. I'd rather not have that happen. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Brennan, so there do you, you have go, any Sieges. reoccurring dreams? Reoccurring dreams? Um, not really. Um, I used to, okay, little backstory. Uh, thing that terrified me the most as a child was like, you know, the little Chucky doll from the child's play movie. Scared the crap out of me. Well, all throughout my life, anytime I've been going through periods of like extreme anxiety, I've always had nightmares that involved, you know, Chucky trying to kill me. Hmm. Like that's all, that's always been like the thing. Like if I'm going through something tough, that's how I know that it's like very real is because I'll start having those dreams. Like the last time that I really had one was uh, when I was in Afghanistan. Um, I was on a you know military deployment and I kept having a dream that I was trying to run from him while he tried to cut my Achilles tendon on a subway. Oh, shit. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, it, it, was, it was pretty intense. But then... Was he wearing a turban? No. It, it, was, okay. just, it was just like... I would just see, like, flashes of him. Like, there was, like, this, like, slits in the bottom of the subway where I just, like, see flashes of his face and, like, him trying to cut my ankle. I have another... Jesus I have a question for Okay. In your dream, when Chucky's chasing you, like, in my dreams, when someone's chasing me or yeah. I'm trying to fight back, I'm, like, extra slow. No. Does I'm, that happen in I'm, your dream? I'm, I'm, I'm always very fast, but he can keep up. Okay, gotcha. Um, actually, but the weird thing is the last time that I had this dream was maybe five years ago. Like, you know, these recurring dreams of, um, you know, Chucky trying to kill me. I was at a beach and uh, there was somebody drowning offshore and I was a lifeguard and I had to go save them. And he was trying to kill me while I was trying to save this person. And I got the person back to the beach and he came up on the beach and, uh, you know, was like trying to kill me or whatever. And I pointed at him and said, you're just a manifestation of my anxiety. And then I raised my arms over my head and flew away like Superman. And I haven't had one since. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's a revelation. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. But That's yeah. awesome. Crazy. Yeah. I, like And like, that was just the end of the dream. I was just like, and it was like, it didn't even look good the way I flew away. Like, I just raised my arms over my head and just like disappeared out of frame. Like, I could see myself. And it was just over. <laughs> and I haven't had one since. You didn't heroically raise your hands because you're like, <laughs> no, it was just like straight over my arms, like a bad Superman. <laughs> you and did like, this when you were first explaining it. Yeah. Like, and then I just disappeared vertically, like no, not even like a curve. Like there was no flying really happening. It just, it was like almost like I was on wires and just was pulled out of frame. Wow. And that was it. I haven't had one since. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I, I think that's, yeah, I think that's a, uh, yeah, it was like it was definitely a milestone. Yeah, because I mean, I've had those dreams since I was eight years old. Because that's you conquering something. Yeah. I mean, you conquered it. It's no longer an issue. Yeah, you conquered it in your dreams. So yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Anxiety is like the number one thing I think that like arises in your dreams. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what my anxiety is with Mexico, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, or Mexico tattoos. Mexico, uh, yeah, that's what I meant. I think someone should do a forensic chart or animation on how fast Brennan can run. And how fast Chucky's legs would have to move to yeah. keep up. 
<laughs> yeah, because how tall are you? Uh, I'm five eight, five nine. Okay, so let's say five nine. Yeah, and say that's what I say. I'm a dating profile. Chucky is. <laughs> Chucky is what two foot tall? Yeah, he's about two feet. Yeah. So his legs can't be any longer than you know maybe a foot at the most. Yeah. I mean, like you also have to consider those, the inches. dolls are not in proportion either. Yeah. You know, he's he's a lot of torso and a lot of head, and he has no bone structure either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but he has blood and organs though. Oh, that's so right. maybe he, like right. after a certain because like if you do, if he doesn't take over a person with a certain amount of time, like if he didn't take over the kid within twenty four hours, he became organic. Right. So yeah. So it's been like. 20 years probably <laughs> since i've seen chucky yeah my daughter just started watching the chucky movie She's oh my nine. god don't let her do that she... <laughs> what's the lifespan of an organic doll well i mean it's powered by voodoo so i mean you're not really dealing with reality oh that's true you know god damn it <laughs> all right i think what do you think time for some tin tinfoil tirade i think so yeah all right here we go so right before the computer crashed uh <laughs> i was told that pasadena has a, an odor and i can't smell it <laughs> who knew meaning i probably have brain cancer eating away at my sinuses <laughs> um tenfold tirade is brought to you by lonestarbuttons.com lonestarbuttons.com is a what'd you say early 2000s style website uh, i would say about 98 <laughs> whoa you've been i i did i checked it out just man just because of how awesome it sounds True um, fan. gabe gabe makes it sound so amazing <laughs> and it lives up to to every bit of it well you can expect 1999 prices as well awesome. <laughs> uh, because that was the last time the site was updated <laughs> lone star buttons is a small business uh, owned by Adam Stimpy Jones, uh, though he is negligent in updating his website, <laughs> he is a badass button creator, and all of his products are made in the USA at a reasonable cost, and he offers your custom buttons in multiple sizes and shapes. The dude has tons of experience, and he's easy to work with, and don't forget, he has the Gorag seal of approval. Mm -hmm. uh, to get in touch with Stimpy... Uh, you can email him at info at lonestarbuttons.com or you can call him at 281-798-1996. Which was the last time his website was updated. <laughs> Very observant of you, my friend. Uh, tell him Gabe sent you and you want to suck on his hairy tits. His web style might be 98, Man. but his tits are 1970. <laughs> yeah, it's all tan lines. Oh, <laughs> Man. Yay. If you have a Burt Reynolds fetish, uh, check him out. <laughs> t-shirts are soon to come <laughs> uh okay for tenfold tirade you know do you know how the work i have to do for this tiny little segment at the end of the show i really don't know i have to wade through crackpots and racists <laughs> to get to a legitimate story and most of the time you know yes yeah. it's, it's it's not legitimate but uh that's why i've been keeping more to the alien type stuff yeah. lately because it's a little cleaner and uh it's an election year yeah that's true yeah that's true but uh i don't know the a alex jones makes it tough for me uh <laughs> he's making it tough for everyone a vice reporter named jason leopold uh formally protested a memorandum uh it was a memorandum 
No, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> I am not going to ditch this segment. Okay. So, Pfizer Porter uh, formally protested the classification of a secret filing by the Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. Because it was secret, and they wanted to know what the fuck it was. Yeah. Uh, connecting to Hillary Clinton's email scandal. Okay. So, just that in itself tells you there's something coming. Right. Because... There's something there, and it's being worked on. Right. But the key element that was picked up from this memorandum to the judge is that not having it classified would would uh, trip up, in quotes, enforcement proceedings. Hmm. And this is coming from the DOJ. Yeah. To a judge. And they use the language enforcement proceedings. Right. So... But, I mean, what, that could mean any number of things, though. I mean, enforcement proceedings, that's very vague. You know, I mean, that could be... It is very vague, but it's specifically pointing at, I mean... Do you mean, like, enforcement of something that could come down as a result of her emails? Or is it enforcement of, say, I don't know, like, some sort of policy that was, you know, coming about? I, I don't, I'm not sure being really inarticulate right now. The um, This whole thing is over her, her email yeah. fiasco that... That I mean, that's really the only concrete thing that's going against her. Right. Uh, the FBI has been uh, looking into this for months. Right. And they've got over a hundred agents uh, working on it. Mm-hmm. So apparently, the FBI is moving forward with the Department of Justice. Right. To bring some kind of charges against Hillary. Mm-hmm. So what that is, we don't know yet. Yeah. But enforcement proceedings is like a big clue to say it's at it's at the point where something's about to happen. Yeah. And I don't know what. I mean, I guess we're going to have to wait. Yeah. But this being tinfoil tirade, <laughs> what do you think's going to happen? What I think's going to happen is nothing. Really? I have like zero faith in the fact that anyone is really going to ever enforce anything against any person with a certain degree of power. I agree with Brennan. God it's like, damn it, you too. I mean, I, 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 I just, I have so little faith in the system at this point. Me yeah. too. You know, it's just, you know, time and time again, these people are getting off. And I mean, like they just had this thing come down where uh, there was like some former uh, Republican uh, speaker of the house or something that was found having, I guess he took out some sort of bank loans that were uh, like supposed to be used for a certain purpose. But instead he was using those bank loans to pay off a person that he had molested as a child. And, you know, was it was, it was hush money, you know, he was using it for that. And he's serving 17 months for that, for the bank fraud. Wow. You know, like, and the person that he paid will probably go to prison for, they'll probably go for longer blackmail. for blackmail and for taking the money. You Jesus. Know? It's like, you know, like once you get to a certain level, it's almost like you're, the laws don't apply to you. You know, once you get to a certain financial bracket or once you get to a certain level of political power, it's just like you're living in a completely different world and you're basically lawless. And I think Hillary Clinton is more than there. She's been there since the nineties, at least. Yeah. You know? So I see very little, if anything, happening, and it would not surprise me if she became the president despite all of this. Yeah. Okay, I, I, don't, I don't disagree, but the way my mind works okay. is I'm thinking of what could this puzzle picture turn out to be. Hmm. And I'm thinking it's not just the impropriety of her email server existing, it's what the emails contain. And if they put that picture together... Mm-hmm. And this this whole thing is is going under classified. Then whatever evidence could be sensitive material in itself. Mm-hmm. And I know, I mean, there there's very little to go on right. to make me think this, but I'm I'm just thinking of this right now. Yeah. I haven't haven't I just wrote this before the show started. Right. Uh. So I don't know. 
It's going to be weird. I think. I think something's going to come out of it. Because they wouldn't... Why would you Why would you put so much manpower into something that's only looking at her as a suspect? Well, because it's their job. You know, the FBI is doing their job. But whenever it comes down to the people that are actually going to have to make decisions with whatever information they, they discover, you know, that's a whole other group of people, you know? That, that that doesn't have anything to do with the truth. That doesn't have anything to do with the facts. That doesn't that has to do with business as usual. I think after a certain point, and I don't know. I I I highly doubt Hillary Clinton will ever you know serve a second in jail. And if she does, she's gonna serve Martha Stewart time and come out better. Basic cupcakes <laughs> and learning how to use Kotexes <laughs> as house slippers. What? <laughs> I'm definitely not disagreeing with that. Yeah. Uh, but. I just can't let it go like that, you know? Yeah. There's got to be something... Because I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's no details coming out. Right. So, I do this with everything, you yeah. know? And and some sometimes I'm right. Uh, sometimes nothing happens. Yeah. Uh, or it just doesn't happen the way I, I think because I don't have all the information. Right. But uh, just imagine if charges come against her in the middle of, of this uh, primary. Ugh. I mean, that that's what I was talking yeah. about. I think in a previous show with uh, Chris Steininger, mm-hmm. if if she gets charges against her, and you know if they go anywhere, yeah, she could. I mean, be this close to being president again, yeah, and not make it, yeah. And you know, of course, Bernie's probably going to beat Trump, but let's hope. I, I don't know. I don't know, it, man. It's crazy. I don't. It's know. It's crazy to think about. And and another thing I brought up with Chris is the FBI will have a hand in literally forging the history of right. the world pretty much you don't not think just that's happened US. before uh maybe, maybe not directly like as far as like a presidential election is concerned you know like cause, i mean th- this is like real-time history as far as like i don't know it's it's not i don't know i feel like i'm you feel like you've been up for 12 hours yeah I, yeah that, that's it's really starting to hit me now i'm sorry um <laughs> I think uh I don't know. I think people should pay attention to what's what's happening even if they don't want to take part in it. Yeah. Just so they can tell their kids exactly what was what what it was like yeah. going on at this point cuz I mean not just in terms of politics but just in mm-hmm. terms of the time we're living in, you know. Yeah. You better remember it now because the Trans-Pacific Partnership is happening and the internet's not going to be the same in the future. <laughs> That's true. So um i'm sure google will head that off Mm. uh with their own internet um that's it for the show crystal thanks for coming on thank you for having me brennan excellent job as always do we need to promote any any fucking social media stuff yeah that's true we finally have a twitter account and uh that is at rotw podcast uh we have an instagram it's also the same at rotw podcast and we really it have, is I it's think not so. revenge of the world oh it's revenge of the world yeah you're right instagram revenge of the world See? twitter at yeah like for revenge of the world no it's it's rotw podcast or see, twitter is yeah you sure yeah see we are really bad at this whole social media thing uh which Instagram's is revenge of the world yeah the, okay the instagram is revenge of the world mm-hmm. thank you <laughs> god because i'm a super fan obviously super fan. <laughs> we need more of you yes Thanks. i like what you guys are doing well, thank you yes revenge of the world is at rotw podcast so please follow us on twitter uh, we're slowly but surely getting all that going we've been really slacking on that which is not a good thing for people who run a podcast and exists only digitally <laughs> and what's putting the spurs to us to get this done that would be comic palooza coming up comic palooza has 
graciously included us in their podcast exchange program for some reason <laughs> i don't understand why because we're gonna fuck shit up somehow some way <laughs> could be good could be bad there will probably be a fire involved um <laughs> but uh we appreciate their support and um that's all i got yeah so i'm good should people follow you on instagram um you, you can follow me at instagram up? stifled and styled s-t-i-f-l-e-d-a-n-d-s-t-y-l-e-d stifled and styled on instagram that's that's all i got guys facebook is the devil Go she'll ahead. be posting pictures from her coma so. <laughs> i will not but i may post some pictures of all these toys okay. all right awesome uh thanks again for coming and gently go fuck yourself <laughs>